Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Back to The Baldface Truth with John Kanzano on 750 The Game. Well, if you want to know what's going on with Utah sports, you need to talk to Bill Riley. He's the guy in Utah. I hope you're following him on Twitter. If you're a Pac-12 fan uh, from ESPN 700 in Salt Lake City, Bill Riley joining us. And uh, you're at the airport. You're currently on your way for this Thursday night football game where Utah will be visiting Washington State. What are you expecting? It's been a, it's uh, it's been an emotional ten or twelve days for for Utah. How, where's the mindset of this program right now? I think they're in a good spot, John. I was around the team yesterday. I had coaches show last night. I was out of practice watching some things. I, I think they're in a pretty good spot. I, I actually think the bye came at a good time for a health reason, but it also let them come down a little bit off that SC game. That SC game, you were there. It was just emotional. There was so much going on. It was a great football game. It was a game they needed to win. And I think the bye came at a good spot to let them kind of let that win pass, uh, get a little healthier, and then turn their attention to kind of the stretch run of the season which begins obviously tomorrow night up in Poland. Yeah, the you know that that emotional win that was that was a big win, and Cam Rising obviously was fantastic. We've heard a lot of talk about the run game of Utah. What does Kyle Whittingham say mean when he says they've got it figured out? Well, I, I think he's figured out that they don't necessarily have a stud this year. Tavion Thomas has been off; he hasn't been the guy he was a year ago. They're getting it done on the ground. They're just doing it a different way. It's kind of a, a run-by-committee team. But I think Kyle has kind of bought into the fact that he's got a really good quarterback who can throw it all over the park to a tight end, a couple of receivers, backs out of the backfield. And, and maybe they're not going to have a guy that runs for 150 yards a game. They may get 150, 175 yards on the, game, on the ground in the game, but it's going to come from the quarterback and some running backs. But I think he knows they can throw it and throw it well. You saw it firsthand. Cam threw for 415 yards against a really good SC secondary. And so I think he's figured out that they're going to do it by committee this year and they can really throw the football. Yeah, the uh, Washington State team, you know, the beginning of the year I had high hopes for them. They haven't played well recently, losing at Oregon State pretty badly. You know, how, how dicey is this game, Bill, for, for Utah right now? Well, I, I think if they come out and do what they should do, John, I think they're the better team here. But, you know, Thursday night games are weird. Coming off buys are sometimes a little weird, though Kyle Whittingham teams are always good off buys. And Pullman is just a different place to play because you don't stay in Pullman. You know, it's not like staying in Salt Lake City or staying in Eugene or staying in Corvallis. You stay 35 or 40 miles away in Lewiston. That's where they're staying. Then you bust up for the game. And it's a Thursday night, and it's going to be chilly. And you don't know about the crowd because the crowd at Pullman comes from campus but comes from Portland and Spokane. So you wonder how many people show up. So, And, it's, and then you've been sitting around the hotel all day long on a Thursday. There's no football on, so they're going to be watching, you know, they're going to be watching The View and Jerry Springer and everything else during the day. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like they're in a good spot. But Thursday night games are on, and Thursday night games in Pullman can really be on sometimes. Yeah, the weather there, of course, uh, won't be uh, won't be pleasant and mild. Of course, it's going to be at least chilly. But Bill Riley, ESPN 700, is with us. 
the Pac-12 championship game is way in the horizon, but you know, how much did the win over USC sort of change the narrative for this season for Utah? And you know, and what do you think Utah has to do to get to Vegas? I think they have to win out. I mean, I think they have to win the rest of their games, including that tough game November nineteenth at Austin. And so I, I think that I don't think a two. I just don't think a two-win team is going to get there. I think. Oregon's probably they have they've got you know some games they've got Washington Utah and then the Civil War game really USC and UCLA have each other and they're going to one of those teams is going to be eliminated on November the nineteenth I think when they play each other at the Rose Bowl but I think if Utah wants to wants to defend its title in Las Vegas they're going to have to win out and uh, so that's kind of where I think they are right now you know Oregon's got a little wiggle room because they're undefeated but they've got three tough games so two of those three games are at home so. I think the you know the the two LA schools, one of those teams will be eliminated by process of elimination on the 19th of November. Oregon's got some wiggle room. Utah's got to win out. I think that's how it plays. Tavion Thomas, we all sort of expected him last year to be the back this year, and hasn't gone that way. Any insight into what is going on with Tavion Thomas? Well, you know, I I, I think you know he didn't maybe wasn't as focused in the off season as he needed to be, but. He's also dealt with some personal stuff this year too, John. He, you know, he had an aunt who helped raise him die um, about a month ago, and I think that's really impacted him. And I don't know that he's been able to get right since then. I think Utah has high hopes that you know, for the stretch run, these final five games, he can get right and, and be something close to what he was a year ago. But it's just been kind of an off season for him. Now, with that being said. Mackay Bernard's still a really good back. They like Jaquindon Jackson coming in as a quarterback turned running back, and then you saw Cam Rising's ability to use his legs. But, yeah, Tavion just it, – it's been one of those off years, and, you know, a death in the family impacts a lot of people different ways, and I think it's been really hard on him. As you look at the potential trip points for Utah, is is this Thursday night game one of those pitfalls that, that Utah needs to focus on, or and what are the other games? Well, I think it's this game and the Oregon game. I think those are the two biggies. They're home with Arizona, and certainly Arizona's improved, but I'm not sure they're quite there yet. And Stanford's having an offseason. That one's at Rice-Eccles, and then they, they wrap up the season in Boulder with Colorado, and that's, that's been, a, a been, a bit of, been a bit of a disaster this year. So I think tomorrow night's game is huge because you've got to take care of business coming off the bye. I feel like they're in a good spot. And then to me, you know, the Pac-12 season in general kind of boils down to November 19th, the game at the Rose Bowl and the game at Austin Stadium. So they've got to be good tomorrow night, but they're going to have to be really good at Austin Stadium. Yeah, a tough place to play. Home field worth a lot in this conference. Bill Riley with us, ESPN 700. Uh, a lot of talk about media rights and, you know, kind of the uncertainty. And, uh, you know, it's been months and months of this, Bill. And, you, you know, you're there on the footprint of one of the Four Corners universities. It feels like things have quieted down. Do you feel like Utah is committed to the Pac-12, Utah, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State? What's the f- there? Uh, all my conversations with Mark Harlan, and you know Mark pretty well, too. He's a pretty honest and transparent guy. He, you know, he says we're all in to try and keep the Pac-12 in whatever shape or form it takes together. Now, again, my, my, my thought is it really depends on what George Klyovkov brings back to the Pac-12 CEOs. I think it's got to be a, a close-to-competitive offer, John. I don't think it can be you know, double-digit million dollars below what a Big 12 offer could potentially be. I think it has to be in the same area code, same ballpark. And if it is, I, I think that will keep people happy enough. I do. 
But I, I think it really all depends on what the commissioner brings back to the Pac-12 CEOs, whether that's in a couple, like you wrote today, whether that's in a couple of weeks or in a month or in a couple of months. I get the sense it will be in a few weeks to maybe a month at the outside. And then, then you've got to present that package, and it's got to, it's got to appease those schools. I don't know what the Big 12's really got to offer right now. I really don't. I know they talk a lot. Brett Yormark likes to talk but I'm not sure where they are in their negotiations and how much better they're going to be. So I think if George Klyovkov can bring back a really good competitive offer, I think I think the four corner schools and everybody probably wants to stay together. Is that the sense you get up in Oregon too? Yeah, and I think, I think you're right. Uh, I mean, all things being equal or close to equal, there's no point in uprooting if unless it's a no-brainer deal. Like we all kind of understand UCLA and USC, why they would be interested in the Big Ten. I also thought he said something interesting today because, and, and I don't think he intended to say it, but he, he made a comment about closing the gap. And he said he almost talked about it in like two steps. And I kind of wonder if the mission here for the Pac 12 is going to be to sign a shorter deal and potentially leave the door open to go back to the table and eat again before the Big Ten and before the SEC get a chance to negotiate again. And I kind of wondered if that strategy allowed the Pac-12, because we, you know, even a year from now, two years from now, the media rights numbers are going to be uh, far greater than they are right now, and we've just seen an escalation in a, in a way that has been remarkable. So maybe their, their strategy is going to be, look, let's, let's sign a four-year deal or a five-year deal. We go to the table twice before they get to eat again. And, and then if they, if they go with Amazon... As a potential partner, it seems to, that there is more money there. That you're gonna you're gonna take more money. You're gonna give up some distribution. But Pac-12 fans, I think, are used to the distribution issues, and they'd be happy to go to Amazon to see the Pac-12 network. All the people I've talked to, John, all the people in Utah, have told me that streaming is the way to go. So many people are cutting the cord anyway. That are subscribing to YouTube TV and the streaming services. This market doesn't care where it is. They just want to be able to access it. And if it costs them an extra eight ninety nine a year to watch Utah football and basketball and some other things, they'll, they'll certainly do it. But I think you're on to something. In my conversations with people in administration in Utah, they, they've all kind of hinted at the fact that four or five-year deal at the very most. And if you do that, that brings you back to the table because, if I'm not mistaken, the SEC is a 10-year deal and the Big Ten's a seven-year deal, right? Yes, so I, I, I kind of expect it's going to be something along the lines of five years, go to the table twice, because he said, he made this comment about, you know, we're going to, ta- we're going to close the gap this time, and then we're going to catch up. He made it sound like there was a second step, and I thought, oh, did he just tip off that they're going to have a shorter-term deal? Bill Riley with SESPN 700 in Salt Lake City. Hey, Bill, I know you're traveling. Before I cut you loose, how confident are you Thursday night? Uh, you know, Utah, about a seven-point to a seven-and-a-half-point favorite in Pullman. How are you feeling about that game, that matchup, and, and kind of that spread that's out there? They're healthy, John. They got a little swagger back after that USC win, and they were able to kind of recenter themselves after the, after the bye week. I, I feel good about it. I don't think it's a blowout. I think it's a competitive game because I think Wazoo defensively is good. Um, they just not clicked really with Cam Ward yet offensively. So I, I feel confident Utah wins. The spread, seven, seven and a half, I don't know. Um, but I feel good about Utah being able to go into Pullman and get a win tomorrow night. Bill Riley, ESPN 700. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, John. There it is, Bill Riley, ESPN 700. We'll talk to Bob Thompson, the former Fox Sports president. I'll float that idea to him. Is it possible the Pac-12 is going to try to eat twice before the Big Ten gets back to the dinner table?
Bob Thompson coming up top of the hour. Later in the program, uh, we'll talk about the best-case scenario for the Pac-12 when it comes to the conference championship game. You got the bald-faced truth statewide on the BFT Radio Network. You've got the home of the truth. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. How late is too late in the day to have coffee? Can we answer that question? How late is it too late in the day to have coffee as I sip coffee uh, when the uh, music plays? I had all commercial break to drink that coffee, and I waited until the music played. How late is too late in the day, Stephen? Um, I don't think that there is too late, to be honest. I really don't. Don't you, don't you worry about having it so late that it keeps you up? I don't. I, I, you know, I, I'm not affected very much by caffeine and stuff. I drink it. But I could have, like, an energy drink, and I could fall asleep within five minutes. <laughs> maybe maybe that's on that. me. That's on me, but... Uh, I love that. Who else problem. we got? Who else is over there today? We got uh, Peter Sampson over Peter here in the Peter Sampson, did you forget what day it was? I did. I did. I uh, Not only that, John, I forgot I was uh, getting to be part of the show today and was supposed mm. to come in. So I rolled in at, you know, 845, was uh, yeah. about three hours early, gave my bottom of the hour update and made sure that everyone knew that we had Thursday night football tonight on the air. Uh, yeah, it's, I'm just all out of sorts, man. I love that. I saw your tweet about it. How late is uh, how late is too late for coffee? You know, the older I, I used to be like Steven, but the older I get, the more sensitive I am. And I have a, I made myself a latte that I'm sipping right now, but it's decaf. I can't really go after probably 1 or 2 p.m., but you know me, John. I got to get a lot of sleep, so I can't mess with that. Yeah, I d- and I t- I'm only sipping it because I'm not a tea person, and people mm. may tell, like, I, I'm a mildly congested today, and so I uh, I am trying to power through the show, and I just thought, you know what? I need a little, little pick-me-up, a little caffeine, and I looked up, and I'm like, it's damn near 4 o'clock, and I'm drinking coffee. So here I am. I don't know if I'm going to be up at 4 o'clock in the morning going, you know, I shouldn't have had that coffee, but that's the position I'm in. Uh, let's talk a little bit between the three of us about what Bill Riley, ESPN 700, had to say. He, like, teams can't do this, but he start, he's looking ahead to November 19th. Utah at Autzen Stadium. They got a game Thursday night. Uh, I, I feel like Utah's not good enough to look past anybody, especially a road game in Pullman. And I, I kind of think this is going to be the closest, most compelling game of the weekend. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, especially after their performance against UCLA. Like, how can you have confidence that Utah's going to go on the road and perform really well, right? Especially in Pullman, where that crowd and that atmosphere is going to be a lot more crazy than it was at UCLA. So I'm with you. I don't have necessarily the confidence um, that Utah would have, you know, they think they have, you know, th- that they have to win out to get the Pac-12 Italian. This should be an interesting game, Um yeah, and it's just to be able to just say, you know, we're going to go into Pullman on a Thursday night and it's going to be easy. I just don't think mm. that's possible. No easy ones on the road in this conference. Peter, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree completely. And look, I know that Washington State's lost a couple in a row, but those are, I mean, that's to a USC team uh, that was rolling. Oregon State, look, the offense kind of struggled in both those games. But I mean, look, crazy things happen in Pullman. And frankly, I mean, Utah's still a good team. It's maybe not what we thought it was going to be. Crazy things happen in Pullman. Utah's going there, especially at the wrong time. And I think you're right. You cannot look ahead. Man, every year in the Pac-12, some team, I swear, gets caught doing that. They start feeling themselves. and all You know, it's Oregon down in the desert. It's Utah up at Pullman. you got to be aware of that. I think you have to be careful in this conference. Again, the home teams are dangerous. I'm big on trends and data 
when it comes to kind of looking at these games. It's served me well. I have uh, I have uh, had some success in the last few weeks just uh, remembering that the trend is your friend. Last week against the spread, I went 3-1. and one. I'm now 32-26 and 26 against the spread. I'm starting to get dangerously close to quitting this job and moving to Vegas. Uh, but check this out. Washington State, 1-0 this year against the spread as a home dog. Utah, 1-2 against the spread as a road favorite. That, if the trend is your friend, you take the Utes to win, but Washington State and 7.5 seems to be the play. That's kind of where I'm leaning. Yeah, I mean, that one uh, road dog was against Oregon, right? They covered yep. that game. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think right now if I had to make the pick, I'd be leaning towards Washington State as well to get a full touchdown. And it's like we've all just been talking about. You know, I was higher on Utah, I think, than probably anyone else on yeah. the show. Yep. Uh, but that UCLA game really took me back, man. They they looked just a little off. And to have that game on the road in Washington State, man, I can't trust Utah to win by more than a touchdown there. So, yeah, I think I'd be leaning Cougars. The, the only thing that gives me pause is, you know, Bill Riley said in that last segment, he said that Utah's healthy. And Washington State's not healthy. And Washington State went to Research Stadium and, and looked dismal against Oregon State. But now they've had 10 days off, 10 or 12 days off. They uh, you know, have seemingly bounced back from that. They play the Thursday game, and they're at home. And so I'm really having a hard time. I'm having a hard time in general with the picks this week. I think, I think this week is going to be the most challenging week ever. We'll give our official picks on tomorrow's show. But this is the only game without a double-digit favorite. Everybody else this week, it's bad teams against good teams. It's not great games for the Pac-12 this week. And so, uh, and I know, like, people are always, uh, you know, bellyaching about the Pac-12 network. This week, the Pac-12 network took USC-Arizona because uh, nobody else wanted that game. And so it was was an interesting week to see the other networks go, okay, we don't want the Arizona game. I actually think that's the second most compelling game because I think Arizona's going to score a whole bunch of points against USC. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. You know, Arizona has proven to have a good offense. Now, I think the other way around, USC is definitely not going to have a struggle to score against Arizona. So that game could be uh, full of fireworks as well. But, yeah, I think this uh, this game tomorrow with Utah-Washington State, by far the most compelling game this this week. And I think it's just because knowing that Washington State, you know, even though they aren't healthy, you know, I, I kind of put Washington State and Oregon State in the same basket where when they're at home, they can take out anybody. But when they're on the road, I think they struggle a little bit. So, you know, to think that Washington State couldn't keep this game close and maybe even pull off a win, I think is pretty crazy. All right. Coming up, uh, we'll talk to Bob Thompson, the retired president of Fox Sports Networks. He's going he's gonna to give us media rights for dummies at 4 o'clock. That's essentially what it's going to be called. It's media rights for dummies. He's going to educate us all. There's some public service in what he's going to do. Uh, and you know what? If you have a question... For Bob Thompson, uh, I would invite you uh, to start lining up right now at 503-417-7575 because I'm going to tweet it out, and I can guarantee you from across the Pac-12 footprint we're going to get phone calls. So if you have a question for the retired president of the Fox Sports Networks, I want you, because you're a listener, to have the inside track on that. If you have a question on the media rights front, why isn't Oregon here? Why is the valuation of that? If you have a question uh, for Bob Thompson, you can line up. But he's going to do media rights for dummies, and I'm going to ask him a whole bunch of questions because I'm a dummy when it comes to media rights. Before we do that, though, the big splash. It's the one thing you need to know today. This is the one thing you absolutely need to know today. Look, look, look at it. Where? Down there. But 
be the big splash. Well, the Bears have made a trade. Robert Quinn, the defensive end, has been traded to the Eagles. We're at that time of the year where some of the teams in the NFL that may be thinking more about their future than their present start to unload contract. Quinn had been with the Bears since April of 2020. He signed a five-year, $70 million free agent deal then. Uh, The Bears will absorb the bulk of his salary for this season, but this is the third time Quinn's been traded in his 12-year career. Second time in the NFC East. He was sent from the Rams to the Dolphins, then to the Cowboys, then signed with the Bears, now to the Eagles. Uh, But, uh, you know, you're talking about a pass rusher, a veteran pass rusher going to a team that thinks it has a chance. That's the big splash. I want you to leave it locked in as Bob Thompson's coming up. Media rights for dummies. The retired president of Fox Sports Networks will be with us. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face Truth. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.